Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. Today, we're going to talk about exercising in heat. Before we do, I have a quick announcement, a couple quick announcements. Number one is that we've just completely rebranded Evlo Fitness. I'm so excited about it. We've been working on this for like eight months. So there's new logos, new colors, new photos. Uh, you'll also notice some new podcast art. So all the things make sure you go check it out. If you're a podcast listener, I think that you will really love our new and improved blog. Dr. Peyton Busker, who is an instructor at Evlo, and she's also a physical therapist. She writes new blog posts every week and they're super informative and, uh, usually different topics than what we're talking about on the podcast. So could be a great additional resource for you to check out. So evlofitness.com. And then also we have eight free classes in the show notes. If you already have those eight free classes, they are now a few of the classes are now refreshed. So you'll find a new low impact cardio burst. You'll find a new cardio burst class, and then you'll find a new burn class. So if you don't already have those classes, you can click the link in the show notes to get them. If you already do have them, I would still click the link in the show notes and get the new link because when we changed over our domain, some of the links changed. So it might be a different link um, than you're used to. So I just wanted to give you a quick announcement about that. All right, let's get into today's episode. So I often get asked about exercising in heat and what the pros and cons are. And today I want to talk about what happens to the neuromuscular system when you exercise in cold versus warm temperatures. I'll talk about reasons not to exercise in heat. And I'll talk about reasons to consider exercising in heat. And then lastly, we'll go over just some kind of general guidelines. First, I want to say that I'm going to give some applications in this post, but please use caution and ask your doctor before applying any of these things, especially if you are pregnant or if you have a medical condition, please also remember that just like all my podcasts, this is not medical advice and please consult your uh, physician, your doctor before applying any of what I'm going to talk about in this episode. So for this podcast, I primarily drew information off a systematic review. That's excellent. That I will link in the show notes. If you want to read that and find out more, here's the bottom line up front: working out in hot versus cold can affect the neuromuscular system in interesting ways. And it may be advantageous to work out in a warmer room, but maybe disadvantageous to work out in a room that is too warm or when your workouts are too long. We want strong wiring and electrical signals from our brain and spinal cord to our muscles. In other words, we want strong neuromuscular connections. Strong neuromuscular connections allows us to utilize more fibers within the muscle, which means we can load our muscles more and therefore increase protein breakdown. Protein breakdown or protein degradation is ultimately what we want because this triggers protein synthesis, which is how more muscle is built. So in other words, it all starts with the wiring, the better we can improve the wiring to our muscles, ultimately the better outcomes we will see. So you can do the same workout, the exact same routine in different environments, hot versus cold versus really hot, and ultimately see different results. And I'll provide you with some tools on how to potentially tweak your environment to improve the neuromuscular connection and therefore the results from your workouts. So let's start with exercising in cold and why it's not ideal for strength training. Muscles generally do not perform very well in the cold. And I think that this is pretty intuitive since most everyone agrees that a warm up is crucial before exercise, warming your tissues, warming your muscles is crucial to avoid injury. It doesn't feel very good to train your body when it's cold, but what is really happening to the muscles when you're loading them in cold temperatures? So when your muscles are cold, there's an act co-activation that occurs. 
This means both the agonist and the antagonist muscles are contracting at the same time. So for example, if you're doing a bicep curl, both your bicep, the front side of the joint and your tricep, the back side of the joint are contracting simultaneously. Whereas really we want the bicep to contract and the tricep to relax when we're doing a bicep curl. And you've probably felt this when you're cold, right? You kind of feel like everything is contracted and tight in towards your body as a mechanism to keep you warm, but it could be an, a neuromuscular mechanism to keep you safe because when you are exercising in cold, the agonist muscle activity decreases significantly where the antagonist muscle activity increases significantly. So for instance, again, back to a bicep curl, the tricep, which is the antagonist muscle would contract too much, not allowing for the biceps or the targeted muscle to adequately work and contract. And this is not what you want when you're loading muscles. It ultimately means you'll have less load to the bicep, potentially less muscle breakdown, less protein breakdown, and therefore less muscle build. And this mechanism where the opposing muscle is actually working harder than the targeted muscle is called the breaking effect. And it could be a mechanical strategy from your nervous system to prevent cold tissues from getting injured. So strength training in cold probably is not the most optimal way to train. But what about training in warmer rooms? There's a difference between increasing central temperature and increasing local temperature. Increasing local temperature can be advantageous to performance, where increasing central temperature can be detrimental to performance. So let's talk about both what local temperature and central temperature mean and how to bias one versus the other. Local temperature is temperature at the muscle and skin. Whereas central temperature is your core temperature or the temperature kind of of your internal organs. So core temperature increase is like when you have a fever and it's something that you don't want. Whereas skin and muscles can be warm. Your body can kind of feel warm, but your internal core temperature can stay within a relatively narrow window. It's very important for your core temperature to stay in this small window. It doesn't like too much increase or too much de decrease. So you can have more peripheral heat to your body and yet your internal temperature can stay relatively uh, at baseline. So an increase in local temperature or muscle temperature is shown to increase muscular performance in several studies. I'll talk about um, this small study that I thought was interesting and I'll link it in the show notes. Eight subjects were exposed to different room temperatures and asked to jump. And the researchers measured how high they jumped. And they also measured, I believe, electrical activity within one of their muscles, their gastrocnemius, their calf muscle. And what they found is that the participants who jumped in the warmer room had significantly better performance and more muscular activity than the participants who jumped in the colder room. So they had participants uh, jump in a 50 degree Fahrenheit room and a 59 degree Fahrenheit room, 68 degree Fahrenheit and 80 degree Fahrenheit. And with each increase in temperature of the room, they saw linear, linear improvements in performance. So those who were jumping in the 80 degree room had the best performance. Those who were jumping in the 50 degree room had the worst performance. So there seems to be a great effect to warming your muscles, as we all know. However, there seems to be a ceiling where 
working out in a room that's too warm may actually inhibit neuromuscular function. So this means that you could do the same workout, but if your room is too hot, you may not be able to load muscles as effectively and see diminished returns or see a decline in performance. And this is because when a workout is too long or it's in a temperature that's too warm, your central temperature eventually starts to increase. So central temperature increases uh, a couple of degrees above baseline when you exercise. And that's kind of normal, uh, normal exercise adaptation. And what happens when that, when that, when your central temperature begins to increase is your body will begin to sweat in an attempt to regulate your core temperature. However, when your central temperature increases above a few degrees above baseline, performance begins to decline and neural drive declines as central temperature increases. So neural drive is the electrical activity between the brain and the tissues of the body that causes muscle contraction. So high temperatures seem to decrease neural drive and contractile ability of a muscle. So in other words, that ceiling happens when your central temperature is starting to increase, your muscles aren't activated as effectively. So there seems to be a window where yes, warmer rooms are advantageous for performance and might allow you to get better quality workouts, but having workouts that are too hot and, or are too long might increase your central temperature and you'll have a decline in performance. Additionally, this wasn't in the systematic review, but it just makes sense to me. If humidity is too high, sweat won't evaporate off your skin as effectively and your central temperature is more likely to increase. So you might sweat more when it's humid because you're not having that cooling effect of your sweat. So your body just keeps sweating in an attempt to cool you down, but it's, it's not as effective because you're not getting the evaporation of the sweat off your skin. Um, so working out in environments that are especially humid might not be super advantageous either, since your internal temperature is likely to increase and your body's kind of fighting that internal temperature increase. So increasing your temperature enough to warm the muscles may be advantageous for strength training performance, but it may be detrimental if central temperature increases beyond a few degrees. Additionally, you might not have to exercise. If you're someone that doesn't like to exercise in warmer rooms or it's super uncomfortable for you, you might not have to exercise in warmer rooms to get these benefits. You might just do a longer warm up and get more heat to the muscles. So that's a way that you could take advantage of this idea of local, increasing local temperature without actually increasing your, the heat of your room. So don't think that you have to increase the heat of your room in order to see these benefits, but increasing the heat of your room could be a way, especially if you're someone who runs cold to more likely increase the local temperature at your muscles and skin. So that's the difference between local and central temperature. Increasing local temperature seems to be advantageous to performance, but increasing central temperature seems to be disadvantageous to performance. So now let's talk about some good reasons for exercising in heat and some reasons to not exercise in heat. So let's first talk about reasons I don't recommend exercising in heat. And there are three primary reasons that come to mind. So number one, I don't recommend exercising in heat because you want to burn more calories, sweat more, or expedite weight loss. It is a very common misconception to believe that a workout is more effective if it's sweatier and calorie torching. So let's debunk this. Burning more calories has very little to do with the effectiveness of your workout. Yes, you will burn more calories in a warmer room because your body has to expend more energy to sweat and keep your internal temperature regulated. 
but a focus on burning more calories may be sacrificing the quality of your workout, which ultimately will affect your outcomes or your results. So what happens is your nervous system ultimately wants to keep you safe. That's its number one goal. So your nervous system will prioritize regulating your internal temperature over producing quality muscular contraction. So if you're just focused on sweating more and burning more calories in a warmer room, yes, you may be expending more energy, but you're not necessarily getting as quality work to your muscles. So you might be using more energy, but not seeing the linear payoffs. And people think, oh, I don't care so much about my muscle work. I just want to burn more calories to lose weight faster. But here's why this misconception can get in the way of your progress. What happens when you burn more calories in your workout is that you actually tend to burn less calories throughout your day because your body's really smart and it likes to keep you within a narrow window of energy expenditure. It's called the constrained total energy expenditure model. So you really aren't burning many more calories overall and increasing your deficit. Also, your body can quickly adapt to exercise in warmer temperatures and it gets more efficient at cooling you, which means that you aren't burning as many calories as you were when you first started exercising in a warmer room. And then lastly, as I've researched and talked about extensively and uh, per my conversation with metabolic scientist Ben Bickman, it's almost impossible to track calories expended in a reliable way. So it's really not worth your time to focus on calories out. So my advice is to not even worry about how many calories your workout is burning or not try to seek out a hotter workout just because it burns more calories. Because if you are burning a bunch of calories in a hot workout, your workouts are still a small and relatively insignificant contributor to fat loss. So if fat loss is your goal, the biggest bang for your buck is focusing on nutrition and building muscle. You will be so much more successful that way, and you won't be using exercise against yourself. And you will set yourself up for ultimately the upward spiral of improving lean muscle mass, which improves insulin sensitivity, which improves your ability to utilize fat as fuel. So this is not a quick fix, but it's more sustainable. It will feel better. You'll be able to be more consistent. You will enjoy your workouts more, and you'll be able to have more flexibility around food and taking time off exercise when you are building your body up in this way. So that's the first recommendation is not to use heated workouts to burn more calories or expedite weight loss. Second reason I don't recommend exercising in heat is because you want to increase flexibility. So you may notice that you have better flexibility in hotter environments, but this isn't always a good thing because if your tissue extensibility increases, You may move into ranges of motion that you can't control and that could leave you susceptible to damaging tissues and structures. I don't recommend doing aggressive stretches in heat or moving into deep ranges of motion in your strength training, like dropping super low at a lunge or a push-up, for example. Because again, you might kind of be getting a false sense of mobility due to the heat when in reality, you don't have the neural control. You might not have the neural control in those ranges and it could leave you susceptible to injury. So that's reason number two is to not work out in warmer weather, warmer conditions, just because you want to uh, drastically improve your flexibility. And lastly, I don't recommend exercising in heat. If you have a medical condition that could compromise your health and, or if you don't have written consent from your doctor (laughs) and saying that over and over. So those are reasons to not exercise in heat. Why should you exercise in heat or what are good reasons to consider exercise in heat? Number one is to consider exercising in heat when you're doing light cardio. So by doing cardio in a warmer room, you have to do less work in order to get more cardiovascular strain. 
This is because there's a reflex where the veins of the bed of the skin dilate or enlarge in response to heat stress. And this is a mechanism to regulate central temperature by moving blood away from your internal organs and out to your muscles and skin. And your skin is a very large organ. And because it's so large, this actually decreases your central blood volume and the heart has to work harder in order to maintain cardio output. So this means we're doing some cardio, light cardio in a warmer room may be advantageous because you have to put less repetitions and therefore less strain to your joints in order to achieve the same amount of cardiovascular benefit. However, again, please pass this by your doctor and make sure that you have no underlying heart or health conditions. My recommendation, if you're going to do some cardio in a warmer room is to keep the sessions short and start with low intensity or at least moderate intensity cardio instead of jumping into a hot hit workout. And you can also start by just increasing or warming your room just a little bit, maybe like 75, 80 degrees Fahrenheit. And then this way you can kind of ease in and see how your body responds. If you're an EVLA member, you could start by, if you take the low impact cardio burst class, you could start with that class and increase your room temperature to like 75 degrees. And it really does not take a lot in order for your body to warm a lot faster. So start with 75 degrees. You might find that your heart rate increases pretty significantly just by warming the room just a little bit. And as you acclimate to warmer rooms, you may be able to increase a bit more, but it might not be necessary. Um, I don't really think that increasing your room temperature above like 85 degrees has any additional benefits. And in fact, it might be more likely to increase your simple central temperature and reduce performance and maybe unnecessarily uncomfortable and brutal. <laughs> so if you're going to do some cardio in a warmer room. Again, make sure that it's pretty light, moderate intensity, and you're not jumping into a hit workout at in like hundred degree weather. All right. Reason number two to consider working out in a warmer room is to improve muscular contractions, or if you have trouble activating certain muscle groups. So a lot of people say like, no matter what I do, I just can't feel my glutes engage, or I can't feel my abs engage or whatever it may be. And number one, this is oftentimes due to exercise selection, but number two, it could be a neuromuscular connection thing, like a wiring thing. So as I've talked about before, increasing muscle temperature seems to improve muscle performance. And this means that you may be able to quote unquote, activate muscles better as shown in some EMG studies where the electrical activity of the muscles were measured and they showed increased electrical activity when they were exercising in warmer rooms or when the local temperature of the muscle was warmer. Another interesting thing to try, to be honest, I'm not sure how practical this is, but it was just an idea that I had is to increase the local temperature of a muscle by using a heating pad. You can use a heating pad on a muscle that you have a hard time activating prior to your workouts, increasing the local temperature of that muscle without probably increasing your central temperature. And you might be able to activate and target that muscle more effectively. So again, I'm not sure how practical that is, but it could be something you could try if you work out from home. And then number three, um, the third reason to consider exercising in a warmer room is if you exercise in the morning. So this is kind of interesting and truthfully, I'm not sure how big of a difference this makes, but it could be something to play around with. So you will likely more likely see improvements in performance when you are working out in warmer rooms in the morning. And this has to do with your circadian rhythms. So your body temperature fluctuates 
on a 24 hour cycle and tends to be your body temperature tends to be the lowest in the morning. So exercising in warmer rooms in the morning could be advantageous. This is not to say that you couldn't see additional benefits from working out in a warmer room at night, but it seems to be from the studies, it seems to be most likely to occur performance increases in are more like most likely to occur in the morning. (laughs) Sorry for stumbling there. Hopefully you're with me. And then also I don't want to talk too much about this because truthfully, it is not my area of expertise, but if you are a menstruating woman, you might also enjoy working out in warmer rooms during the first half of your cycle when your body temperature is generally a little bit lower. And again, this could be something that you could maybe kind of feel out, see how you're feeling. If you're someone who runs cold or if you're feeling colder on a particular day, or if you're having trouble activating your muscles, it could be worth considering warming up your room just a little bit using a space heater. If it's, you know, uh, a nice day, you could work out outside, whatever it might be. All right. So those are three reasons to consider exercising in the morning. Let's now move on to some just general recommendations or guidelines. If you're someone who wants to start working out in some warmer rooms. And again, you do not have to work out in warmer rooms in order to see these benefits, just doing a longer warm up or using a heating pad. You can even use like physical touch to like warm muscles and increase blood flow. Those are some things that you could do if you don't want to increase your room temperature or if you don't have access to that. So let's get into some general guidelines. If you want to work out in a warmer room, I cannot emphasize enough to check with your doctor. (laughs) So please check with your doctor before applying this. Also work up to warmer rooms. So start with a few degrees above your normal room temperature and see how your body responds and gets used to it. And again, I'm not sure how beneficial it is to work out in a room above 85 ish degrees. Um, especially if your workouts are on the longer end. So it's, you don't have to increase the room heat a lot in order to see the benefits. You could also consider increasing the temperature of your room via a space heater, which is what I like to do in the winter is use like a small space heater. And you could even use that in the beginning of your workout. And then once your body is really warm, you could turn the space heater off and perhaps turn a fan on in the second half of your workout um, so that you decrease the possibility of increasing your central temperature too much. So that's one way you could do that. You could also try keeping a thermometer next to you to check to make sure that your internal temperature isn't climbing too high above baseline. So take your temperature before you work out to determine your baseline and make sure that you aren't increasing more than a few degrees above your baseline. Check with your doctor to see, you know, how high your temperature can get before seeing detrimental, uh, detrimental or decreases in performance. And of course, make sure to watch for increased perception of fatigue that maybe feels more severe than you would if you were working out in a normally heated room and watch for any symptoms of hyperthermia. So symptoms of hyperthermia are blurred vision, dizziness, fast breathing or fast heart rate that seems too much for the amount of work that you're doing, fatigue, headache, lightheadedness or syncope, which means fainting and muscle aches or cramps. So make sure that if you're experiencing any of those symptoms, you slowly cool your body down um, and you know, get close to the floor, things like that. Also, you want to make sure that you're drinking more water during your workout than you normally would, since you may be sweating more, which can lead to dehydration. So dehydration is actually a reason for decline in muscular performance, among other things. So you want to make sure that you stay hydrated. I don't recommend wearing a lot of constrictive clothing that may inhibit sweating since your body will have a hard time 
regulating your internal temperature if sweat can't evaporate off your skin and cool you. So make sure that you're wearing loose fitting clothing, probably not a lot of clothing so that your skin can breathe and your body can regulate that internal core temperature. As I've mentioned, make sure that you're keeping your hotter workouts on the shorter end. Again, the longer you're exercising in heat, the more likely you are to increase your central temperature. And this is going to vary from person to person, but my recommendations If you want to do a warmer workout and you're an Evelyn member, you could do like our 30 minute, 35 minute build classes in a little bit of a warmer temperature or our core burn classes in a warmer temperature. Those classes tend to be around 30 minutes. So I think that might be a sweet spot if you want to work out in heat. If you're doing like an hour long workout, like for instance, our Evlo class, which is our Friday Evlo class, which is 60 minutes long. We're doing a lot in that class. I don't know that I would recommend doing that class in a warmer room just because you're already going to be sweating a lot because there's a lot, we're doing a lot. Um, your, your temperatures will already be increased. So I don't necessarily think that I would recommend, um, working out in a warmer room. Then there's also like hot yoga classes, which again, I think can be tricky since you might be stretching a lot. And I don't recommend doing a lot of aggressive stretching in hotter rooms. Um, but moving, moving in a yoga type way could be nice in a warm room, could just feel good, but it might not necessarily, and it it is actually a way that you can increase your cardio a little bit, do like a little bit of light cardio is doing yoga in a, in a heated room. Um, but I'm not sure as far as strength training, depending on the class, really what benefits there are to doing a ton of hot yoga or having that be kind of your primary workout. I think I recommend if you do like hot yoga, uh, doing it as like an adjunct rather than as the cornerstone of your training. I always recommend keeping the cornerstone of your training resistance training. Um, okay. What else did I miss here? I think I talked about everything. So in summary, I did a lot. I talked about a lot here. Let's wrap it all up. Warming muscles has been shown to improve performance and improve muscle muscle activation and exercising in cold environments decreases muscular performance. So increasing your temperature above a certain threshold may not be necessary and may actually cause a decline in performance. So if you want to warm your room, it doesn't have to be super hot in order to see the benefits. I recommend keeping your workouts a little shorter. Um, for your strength training sessions, I want you to focus on muscle fatigue rather than calories or sweat and make sure to really ease in and pass all of this by your doctor. I hope this was helpful. Hope you learned something today. If you FL members apply this in the workouts, comment on the workout that you apply it to and let us know how you feel. I'd be interested to see if you're applying this and how it feels. All right, everyone, we will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.